Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Ball and Chain podcast, episode 39. I am your lovable host uh, coming back to you from Southern California, was in Chicago earlier this week for uh, the Esports Next 2021 conference. First conference in like two years, and I have to say uh, it felt good to get out there and uh, meet with other people. Uh, is this, this one was specifically on the esports side, uh, which we do some of as well uh, at Zen Sports, which of course, as always, is a sponsor of this podcast. And so it was just great to, to be in conference mode, have an exhibit booth uh, table, uh, give a pitch and presentation on uh, what we're doing here at Zen Sports, um, and just meet with people. <laughs> uh, so that's always a good thing. Uh, obviously a big bummer for uh, my Packers in week one, but hey, my Bucks won the title of the summer. Brewers are going to go to the playoffs. So uh, I guess the the uh, the universe is, uh, we're in a parallel universe here where the Packers uh, may not be that good and the Bucks and Brewers are great. So uh, I've got a really exciting uh, guest uh, today, um, really enthusiastic, uh, and uh, full of full of life and excited to have him on. He's going to be talking all about sports betting uh, and his picks and his style and his strategy and uh, all the other good stuff. He's got a lot of experience on the sports betting side of things, uh, as well as in Vegas. And I'm excited to bring our uh, guest for episode 39, Joe D'Amico. How are you today, Joe? I am wonderful, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. You know, when 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 I first found out I was going to be on the show, he's very excited. You know, I got a new backdrop because I got this whole layout in my office. I got this great house in Vegas. It's like a real, real Vegas house, palm trees and pools. I'm in this big office that I do most of my work out of. I got a million, million and a half dollars of sports memorabilia. Got a new backdrop for you. Even got sides for a new suit. God's got a great sense of humor, you know. He made all us Italians good looking, uh, but he made all us like five foot eight, 195 pounds with 18 inch necks. So I got this whole, another new suit for you. Turns out it's not on video. You're not going to see it. It's just audio. So I just want you and the rest of our viewers and I should say listeners to know. I'm in Vegas. It's hot out. It's 105. You're lucky I'm wearing pants, but I do have a swimsuit on. So it's it's going to be a fun podcast. I'm looking forward to working with you here, having some fun, but giving out some good content, some good information. Well, had I known all that, we would have done video, but now it's too late. So I guess we'll just have to, we'll have to save it for uh, the repeat at, or the, the, the return uh, that you'll have to do uh, in six months uh, to come back on the pod again. Absolutely. I'm, I'm honored to be here though. And it's a great time of year to be here. We're going to talk some sports, yeah. some sports betting, but this is an amazing time. You know, baseball is just around the corner from going into the postseason. We've got full-fledged college football and where we're seeing now conference matchups. The NFL is going into another week and uh, it's just a great time in sports and sports betting. Yeah, so let's dive into it. And I think talking about week one is of the NFL season last week is probably a good place to start. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, underdogs against the spread were 12 and four. Is that correct? Uh, something like that. I believe yeah. that, yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of upsets, not necessarily upsets on the uh, final score on the money line. But a lot of a lot of uh, underdogs covering the spread, so a bit of surprise there. And certainly, you know, on the personal side of things, I was pretty shocked that my Packers got blown out as badly as they did. I personally, you know, I, I moved on to the second week of our Survivor pool. I picked the Rams; that was a no-brainer against the Bears. Um, and uh, on my confidence pool, I think I'm third out of tenth, uh, so doing okay there. But uh, certainly, there were a lot of teams that 
um, you know, either didn't cover or even, you know, a few upsets or, or games that maybe we thought they would go a different way, like the Packers losing, the Bills losing mm-hmm. and so forth. So uh, tell me, uh, you know, what are, you know, how did you do during week one? What were your takeaways from that? And what do you see going into week two? Well, let me tell you, you know, week one doesn't start in week one. It starts really in the preseason. And this is this like last year, very peculiar preseason. I do very well in preseason. I've had preseasons where I've picked up as many as 11, 12, 13 units. This past preseason, I did finish number one in the world going seven and two. And that carried over into week one. Uh, I will tell you, I had, I had two big games, uh, excuse me, three big games on the board last week. Um, I'll tell you about the first one that I did love. And I don't have a problem talking about losers. They're fewer and far between, but I do lose. Was the Washington football team. I do feel that Washington is a very good team. I think they're going to be the surprise of the NFC. Good ground game, good defense, good coach. I mean, he, they, they love to play for him. Um, and I just don't feel that they really – they got outplayed at the end of the game. Fine, I lost the game. But I had two other games that came through very well for me, the Seahawks which from start to finish was never in jeopardy. And another team, I think, will be a very big surprise this year in the other conference in the Denver Broncos. Uh, Some stability on the offense this year, which is uncharacteristic of this team for several years, and a very good defense that is now healthy. Granted, one of their players, one of their star players, Chubb, he might be out this week. That's not – right now he's listed as questionable – but Von Miller is in there. Uh, this is a very good team. So I finished two and one uh, that for that week, for that Sunday, went into the Monday night. I really didn't like the game uh, on paper. Got to love the Ravens. I am a Las Vegas. I'm always going to root for anything hometown. I have gotten tickets to quite a few of the games. I'm not a season ticket holder only because of my schedule. But I got tickets. I'm sitting there next to an NBA player. Ice Cube came over to say hello to me. Uh, Little John came over to say hello because they all know me. We'll get into that a a little bit later. But I watched a very disorganized Las Vegas offense. They were very disorganized. Just make big play after big play on what was supposed to be a very good Baltimore defense. That did shock me. I thought, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I wasn't going to go there dressed in purple, but I, I had a, I, I was kind of hoping Baltimore would come in. I didn't have a bet on the game, but uh, only because I know a lot of people that did bet Baltimore. Uh, I would, you know, would expect Baltimore. We could talk about that in a minute. Come back strong this week, but you know, I, I watched it. It's nice to see Monday Night Football open up the season in Las Vegas. But we could, we have enough time to get into a lot of things. Three, uh, two and one week one NFL. I am not a guy that likes to play a lot of games. I think quality over quantity. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'd rather have one wife that looks and acts like Heidi Klum than a hundred that look and act like Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, you know, so no, it's true. It's true. You give me, you give me a two and one day or a three in one day. I'll take that over a 10 and six day, any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. And so is your thought behind that, that it's just easier to focus your energy, your research, your stats, et cetera, on just a few games, but rather than trying to spread yourself too thin? No, actually, I'm always a less is more guy. I'd, like, I'd rather bet more money. I do look at you almost – I do the power ratings on every game on the board, college and pro. It takes Monday and Tuesday and into Wednesday. And then I got to look a little further into what my, my, my numbers say to do. I put that against some trends and streaks, some injuries, but where our line movements are going to go – but I always go for a few games. I'd rather bet a few games I feel a lot more strongly about than bet a bunch I like a little bit less. 
here's the reasoning behind that, Mark. Uh, if, if I have a good day, great. If I have a bad day, I can only use a, a unit or two. So that means I'm 24 hours away from being back in the plus column. To me, it's always about value. To me, it's always about money management and how, and how often I can put money in my pocket. I want to put money in my pocket every day and every week for sure. But you can't win every day. You can't win every week. So you try to minimize your losses, maximize your expenditures. Yeah, no, that makes that makes 100 percent sense. Um, and it's funny because I think, uh, yeah, for a confidence pool, I had the Monday night game as like a one, which means I was like the least confident with it. I did pick mm -hmm. the uh, I did pick the Raiders, I, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it was um, uh, definitely, in my opinion, a toss up, even though the Ravens were favored like by three and a half just for a lot of reasons. So then what are your do you have any kind of thoughts on week two? Do you want to not disclose them yet until after the fact? Or? I don't have a problem talking. I mean, I don't mind. Listen. You're not asking me for the 11 herbs and spices. It's fine. I'm just going to tell you, I don't mind giving you the final product. Here's the bucket of chicken. As far as NFL goes, there are a few games that have, that, that have stand, uh, stood out to me. Um, I haven't made final decisions yet, but just to let a cat out of the bag, I want to plays. I don't have a problem with that. The Denver Broncos, I just mentioned them. Uh, they're right now they're laying six against Jacksonville. I think this is a very good team. I think it's a very good situation. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind, I like Urban Meyer. I like Trevor Lawrence. However, I like what I see in Denver a heck of a lot more. Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, a perfect one-two punch to knock out most NFL defenses. And the Jacksonville defense, if you want to call it that, they're in for a longer season than last year. Last week, I believe, uh, against Houston, they allowed just shy of 300 yards passing. There was 289 and 160 yards rushing. Ridgewater and Gordon right now are salivating, just waiting for a kickoff this upcoming Sunday. Von Miller, ferocious Broncos linebacking core. I think they're going to go after the young Lawrence, wreak havoc, and create turnovers. I do like Trevor Lawrence. I think he has a future in sleep. I do like Urban Meyer. He's a sharp guy. It's just, it's just not their time yet. Uh, Denver is still a very well-kept secret to offer value. And I think there's value in this game. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about underdogs this week, but a few teams that are better than their opponents this week uh, know that underdogs came close last week and some of them won outright quite a few. They're not going to take any chances here. If you like against the spreads, and I think you do because you're a numbers guy, uh, these are all against the spreads. Jacksonville three and eight, the last 11 versus AFC opponents, two and five, the last seven at home. One and four, the last five overall. Under a touchdown, I, I feel this is a gift. My power ratings have, have this about six and a half, seven, but I just like the situation so much because of the Denver defense. I think they're going to get Trevor Lawrence off the field. I think then their offense will have time and make the Jacksonville defense pay and get tired come the second half. Yeah, no, that's I, I, I agree with you. I think that that's pretty sound. Now, I think obviously I'm – very biased as a Packers fan, but <laughs> I found that, and Rand Rogers is some ridiculous, uh, you know, number of, I don't know, 23 or something, or uh, something like that after a loss the last few, you know, few years. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, just being at home, being embarrassed, playing against probably the worst team in the NFL, the Lions. Um, I think the line is like 12 or 11 and a half or something. So mm -hmm. uh, I actually, I actually, I actually expect to cover. That's a lot of points, but I, I still expect them to cover on that one, which is, which is, which is, you know, I mean, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm obviously hopeful. So we've done all these picks and talked about the NFL, but we haven't given everybody your background. And you have like sure. this unbelievable <laughs> sports betting background. Um, and 
um, everything else that you've done. So why don't we start, why don't we go, why don't we do this a little bit in reverse? We gave some picks. So hopefully the audience was listening and didn't tune out. Um, and now they are ready to know all about Joe D'Amico. So let's, let's dive into that. And then I definitely have some more sports betting questions. By the way, we could tell, we could, we could let the audience know that I got more picks. If there's time later, tune in and win guys. Uh, as far as my background, Mark, uh, it is interesting. I grew up in a wonderful place. It was a playground to me, Little Italy, New York City. Rules didn't apply to us. Like many uh, where I grew up, I grew. I, I started when I was 10 years old with football sheets in the schoolyard. For those of you who don't know what football sheets are, they're like parlay cards, but for illegal bookmakers, at which <laughs> we didn't know what an illegal bookmaker was, although you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting one in my neighborhood. Um, so I worked, for, I, I had football sheets when I was 10 years old for the next few years. I, I had a very large clientele by the time I was 12, 13, very young age. I worked for the largest bookmaking operation in the tri-state area. There were two bookmakers from my neighborhood. They were partners. They were the largest book. They had probably 25 offices throughout the tri-state area. Uh, yeah, it was illegal. Statute of limitations is over. Nobody's going to nab my butt on that. But I learned a lot about what to do about betting and what not to do, which to me is more important. I was not a better at this point, Mark. I really wasn't. I used to go to the racetrack with my father, have fun, but I was not a guy who's, oh, let's go down to AC. Let's go gamble. No, not at all. I came out, I was 20 years old and I had a chip on my shoulder and uh, came out to Vegas with four friends. My father got us a five room suite at the old Aladdin. I can tell you off the record, uh, we had a lot of fun. After the first few days, I couldn't even talk. Literally, I couldn't talk. So I told the guys, you go out, I'm staying in. I stood in the next morning when they were coming in. I went out, I got some breakfast. I still have a friend. He's, he was a bartender. He's now a casino, uh, uh, a food and beverage manager now, but he was a bartender then. And I said, Dave, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of bored. It's like 8 a.m. What do I do if I'm not going to gamble? I'm not playing golf. It's rainy out. What can I do? He says, you know, my wife and his wife was a cocktail. She says she's a cocktail witch at night, but during the day she shows houses. She gets like a hundred bucks for everybody. Everyone that she shows house to. I said, call her up. Well, she showed me like three or four different happening neighborhoods all on the West side of the strip. I loved the city so much. Uh, I bought a house during my stay. I literally said, come back to the, come back to the hotel. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to get you some money. I'm going to make an offer on one of the houses. I got her a block of money. I, I still remember what I paid her and what the house is worth. I says, here's 20000 as a down payment. I was 20 years old. I says, I'm moving out here. I want that house, the corner lot, but I want an upgrade. Get, if, it's, if, if you get me an okay and all that, I'll buy the house. Moved out to Vegas. Uh, I immediately went to work for a race and sports book, and I climbed the ladder of success very quickly. I liked it. I learned a lot. However, it wasn't really challenging for me. So then I went to work for uh, the biggest lines maker in the world. We actually made the Vegas line, learned a lot there, contributed a lot, climbed the ladder of success, still wasn't challenged. I said, I need more. I need something a little more. So I went to work alongside two of the biggest handicappers in the world. First was Jim Feist. The next was Wayne Root. And I love Jim and Wayne. They're still friends. As a matter of fact, I'm doing Wayne's show tomorrow. And I will tell you this. I worked alongside them. Uh, and had a lot of fun, learned a lot, but also found that I could pick winners as good or better than anybody. So 2006, I opened up All American Sports. Within the first few years, we became the highest grossing sports information service in the world. We were doing as much as $5 million a year in sales. 
I sold it a couple of years ago to a major sports brand. They put another type of office where I had it. Uh, it is still built to do what we did and sell information. And then uh, right now, what I do is I write columns for national publications like Gannett News, 120 newspapers. I was writing for the gaming today up until this past year. My schedule got a little too busy, but I was in the column for, I, did, I, wrote, I wrote an entertainment column. I wrote three baseball columns and three college football columns, finished first in every single season of each one. Um, now what I do is I, I have a free pick phone that everybody can call every day. Hey, this is World Champion Sports Handicapper, Joe Amigo. Today I've got a free pick winner for you, but you can call my pay pick online for my highest rated play, stuff like that. Uh, on the, in the six years I had the free pick phone, we hit about 65% and we can put a big game up every day. Nice. Uh, yeah, and I have uh, I contribute to quite a few websites like Vegas Top Dogs, Sports Capping, uh, Game Changers, Sports Memo, Pick Dogs, Winning Cappers, uh, Vegas winners. I'm on quite a few websites and people can buy my picks. I mean, I also have personal clients that goes uh, without saying I've always had personal clients because guys call me up. They want my information. They need my information. I take pity on a lot of people because some people just can't win and I feel bad for them. Unfortunately, uh, I can't sing and dance. So Mark, this is what I can do. Let me tell you, this isn't really what I just what I can do, though. This is who I am. I walk it like I talk it. I bet every game I put out. It is a business for me. I don't check scores. I check them the next morning. I enjoy what I do. Uh, I was sitting around one night with some of the most famous people in the world. I was sitting around with Nick Cage, Carrot Top, Wayne Newton. I was sitting around with Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. My friend, all friends of mine, Vince Neal from Motley Crue. And meanwhile, I was talking. Everybody was listening. And, 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 and Vince actually said, but how'd you get involved in what, what you're doing? I said, Vince, cause I can't sing like you. And it was a big joke. Everybody left. But if I could sing, I wouldn't be where I am right now, Mark. So let me ask you this. Um, is it hard to go from betting, betting, betting to most of your focus being on giving information uh, versus the betting? I mean, cause it's not an easy transition for everybody. Not everybody wants to do it. Um, it sounds like you still bet some. Um, but probably you spend more time on the information side of things. Is that correct? Uh, I spend enormous amount of time picking winners. I bet every game I release. Every game I release, if I sign a website, I bet it. I am a large better. I'm, I'm known as the Las Vegas' biggest daily sports better. But um, no, I, I listen, giving information out is just a bonus for me. I would I I could still just do what I do and make a large amount of money every year mm. betting games, but this is a bonus for me. Plus, I really take a lot of pride in this. There's some ego involved. I'm I got a Napoleon complex. I'm a short guy with a big ego, but uh, I do like helping people. I know people can't win on their own, and and uh, and like I said, unfortunately, I can't sing and dance. I could pick more winners than losers. So, do you bet with like the big brick and mortar casinos that you just walk into? Um, do you have to have a runner because they know who you are too well? Like, walk me through what that betting experience is like for you in Vegas. Well, there's only well, if they see me coming, some places that I I don't I don't want to mention will automatically move a line when I when I walk in and say, hey, I want uh, I want uh, hey, I want the Packers this week. They'll be like, well, if you want, it's going to go to twelve and a half, thirteen. So I stay away from them, but there are some places that treat me very well. We could talk about those if you want, but I walk in, I walk in with my wife and she's a professional handicapper too. 
She's known as the first lady of Las Vegas. Very proud of her. She kicks butt and she's pretty. So I love it. And she's a woman. And I love, I want you to know sports fans out there. Women can pick winners. I know a lot of people think this is just a boys club and it's only guys allowed. But I love particularly because women are smarter than us and stronger than us. God didn't pick us to, to carry or give birth. So just let's go there. But, and I love it when women kick butt in a male-dominated world. And sports betting is a male-dominated world. And I love the fact that there's people like my wife in this business because I just love women. And I love, I love my wife. And I love, uh, I love when women can show how strong they are because they really are strong. I love, I love my mom. She passed. I love my sister. And I love my wife. And, and I got uh, three dogs in the house that are females. And I got to tell you, man, I love those women. And, and I love when women could do what we can do only better. So, um, but so how did, how did you meet her? Did you meet her while betting on sports or <laughs> in the industry um, to make sure to know that she, you know, had the same interest that you are, uh, that you do? I'm just kind of curious how that came about. We came about, I took a small break from selling information. I needed a break. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's trying. There's a lot of work involved. I was, got a little ill, a little stomach thing. I took a little time off. I had some family that invested quite a bit of money. In a restaurant in the old Aladdin, they put they put fourteen million dollars in an all in, in the restaurant and uh, a food court with people from a major restaurant chain from New York, and they said, "Would you like to run it?" I said, "I don't want to run it. I don't want to be in a restaurant business. I don't want to be in a restaurant business. I don't want to be in a restaurant business." Well, they wound up annoying me so much that I said, "All right, fine, I'll, I'll run it for a little bit." So I ran it. She was she came in to work. She had, she was a better. But she came into work because she, she, like me, always wanted steady jobs and steady income and benefits and things like that for our family. So uh, we met like that. And a long story short, I would probably get arrested for it now. But I called, I called her one night. She was working for me. And I said, how'd you like a better shift? Uh, and we were talking on the phone. We got along. And uh, technically now that would probably be a form of harassment, although it wasn't harassment. I actually called her to get a better shift because I liked her. She was nice and she worked hard. But um, uh, and that's how we and nine days after we had our first date, she moved in. We we oh. we. Yeah. But I knew I, I mean, I knew of her. I know I know of every better in town. And it's been 21 years now. And I've been on I've been on the show with you for about 15 minutes. I don't know how anybody takes me for 21 minutes, let alone 21 years. So my hat's <laughs> off to my wife. She deserves to be canonized a saint in Rome. Trust me. Well, having common interests, that's a big deal, right? You want to be able to have things to talk about. You want to be able to have conversation. Uh, and so that's, I'm sure that's going to be a big part of it, right? Because you can easily, you know, shoot the shit about all the, all the, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly um, on both sides, both the betting piece, as well as, you know, the information services side. Because uh, obviously, as you said, that's probably a ton of work, almost just as much, if not more than an actual betting piece. So I think having those kinds of things in common with a partner is, is, is important. Yes, plus she's just like me and she knows me. I'm a little superstitious. There's things we do we, nice. we don't talk about and, you know, we don't ask each other. Her office is next to mine. I hear her sometimes because she don't I don't check scores at night. She doesn't check scores at night. I'll look the next day when I wake up. It doesn't. That's, you know, so do you, ne- do you never actually watch the games that you're betting on? Then I rarely watch the games I'm betting on. I'll watch some sometimes. Um I mean, I, I'll go if I'm going to a game. I might put something on it if I don't like it, just to watch it, just to just have just to some interest. Sure. But but to me, if if it's not going to bring me a real profit, it's not worth it for me. I enjoy sports. I love sports. I like what we. My wife and I have been to, I believe, every just about every baseball stadium in the country. I think we've been through 
about half of the football stadiums uh, and quite a few of the of the basketball arenas. So we've been through a lot. God knows we've been to every fight. Uh, so we go to a lot of them. Uh, some of them we bet on, some we don't. We don't. And, and if sometimes we don't know who each other is betting on. So we leave that one alone. But uh, <laughs> no, no, we have to. In this house, you got to. We're superstitious. Have you, ever found, have, have you ever yeah. found that you were on opposite sides of a bet before? Um, With your wife? No, not really. Because this is the first year she went as a professional handicapper. And I don't even track her games. All I know is she's kicking butt. So, you know, uh, no, not really, because we don't, when I have serious money on games, she leaves me alone. She knows I just, you know, I don't even watch, I don't watch the games I have the money on. I really don't. I'll watch other games, you know, and say, I'll say, hey, do you got anything on this, on the, any of these games? No, oh, no. Okay, we'll watch this one. Fine. Um, but I know there's a lot of guys in the industry and more power to them if it works for them and they're and the people that that follow them or buy their picks that watch like 40 hours of games over a weekend. I can't do that. Uh, I need to be I need to step back from it. I have better focus when I step back. If I watch too much, I tend to overthink things. I think a lot of the general public does that too, because they might watch a game, the games this week. They'll think they know the outcomes this week. Then the next thing you know, they're in the poor, poor house and they need a loan. I really think that sometimes you can overthink things. Um, you know, I put a lot of thought into what I do, but I never not think I know too much about a game. Okay, that makes sense. And then what are your favorite sports or sport to bet on? I mean, clearly everyone loves betting on the NFL, right? Um, and maybe that's what it is, and that's fine if it is. Um, but do you have any others that you love to bet on as well, too? I got five, the five that I excel Five. At. All right, I'll give me all five. Give me all five. College and pro football, college and pro basketball and baseball. I don't do a uh, hockey. I'm not a big hockey. I don't have nothing against hockey. I, I, I make fun of it on the air only because if I make fun of it, then I don't have to cover it. Because if I don't make fun of it and I make a comment about it positively, people go, oh, you should be, you should be handicapped. I don't want to handicap it. I excel at these five. I'm good at these five. I don't bet WNBA. I don't bet a lot of UFC. I've bet maybe five or six. Uh, boxing, I will bet if I really feel strongly about it. I've, no, I've been known to, to clean up uh, over the years in boxing. And even of the few UFC bets that I've made, I've come in with enormous paydays, enormous as far as the betting, 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 betting profits go. But um, I stay with baseball. I love baseball. I think it's the purest sport in the world. I think it's just there's a science to it. You can, if you can pick baseball, you can pick any sport. Baseball is tough. And I love baseball because I like to beat baseball and I do beat baseball. I love college and pro basketball, especially college. It's just very exciting. You got it six, seven days a week. I don't bet every day, Mark. I want you to know that on daily sports and sports fans out there that are listening. We don't, we don't consider a football, a daily sport. 95% of your games are played Saturday and Sunday baseball and basketball played seven days a week. I don't have to play every day and don't play every day. And for me, that works. But there is action if you want it every day. You could watch some games every day. You could enjoy college and pro basketball every day and baseball. I love the daily sports for that reason. You know, you can wake up any hour of the day and watch 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 a replay or, or even a live game or a replay that evening. And it's, I love that. Uh, football, 95% of your games are Saturday and Sunday. I love football. I mean, college football to me is extremely exciting. But you are right. NFL is king in sports betting. Uh, you know, if you get... 100 sports bettors in room, all 100 will bet pro football. So 
it, it's fun and it brings a lot of it stimulates a lot of interest around around the betting world and around the country. Yeah. Now on the baseball side of things, I think it it seems like over under betting is much easier than money line and point spread betting in baseball. Um, it seems a little bit more consistent, a little bit more predictable. Uh, whereas wins and losses, I mean, anybody can beat anybody on any given day and point spreads are obviously if you're, if you're minus one and a half, especially if the team's at home and you have one less inning that you get to cover. And then with the whole double headers and, uh, seven inning games and, uh, you know, man at second base and extra innings now rules. And I don't know, I don't, I don't think those rules are going to stay around. I think they're going to go away next year, but, you know, just throw some quirks into that. So what are your thoughts on over under betting in baseball versus other bets? And then also the other rules. Just to touch on some of those rules, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think they take a few away from the purity of the game. I really do. Uh, and they do affect how we look at games. Last year, real quick, last year, uh, due to the health situations, I couldn't get a grasp on the first four or five or six weeks of baseball. I was just not winning at all. And that's very uncharacteristic of me. I got, I started getting the hang of it. You know, teams and managers are taking advantage of the fact they didn't have to name pitchers till late. And they would name pitches five minutes before game time. The lines would come out. What you said about totals, I could see how you say that. I'm not a huge total player. Um, obviously, there are places like Wrigley, places like Coors Field, where, you know, you bet overs, you bet, I mean, you bet overs and unders, depending on the wind. I get it. Um, you know, of course, Coors, Coors is always famous for overs. Lots of home runs there, the ball carries. Wrigley, the, 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 the wind is blowing out, you bet the over. Wind is blowing in, you bet the under. But some other things I find, I find totals more difficult. Uh, I like, I go with the game has changed a lot, especially last year and this year. You know, there are, there are guys that pitch two innings. You know, they, you know there are managers that want just pitchers to pitch two innings. They put four or five pitches in before the relievers, well, three or four pitches in before the relievers even come in. It, that's a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie to you. But there are some pitches that are always good for six innings solid. You know, I look at bullpens. I look at, st- I like starting pitchers. Um, but the one thing you got to remember in all of sports betting, particularly baseball, it's about value. I won't bet a game above a dollar 45. I mean, a dollar 50 Sandy Koufax would have to be pitching. He'd have to come back to start pitching again. And you have to have the 27 Yankees bats behind them for me to go above a dollar 50. Got to start looking at run lines and the next starts getting tricky sports fans out there. Even the same thing with a lined with a line sport, like football or basketball, we'll talk football. If the line does not give you value, you got You got to know when to be patient, know when to be aggressive. If the line doesn't give you value, there's no crime in staying away. If you want to buy it down, that's great. You want to buy a line down or up, I get it. But be careful because if you don't start winning those and you make a habit of buying a half a point down or up, it starts getting very, very costly. Very important. Um, everything's got to bring you value, guys. If it doesn't bring you value, then step away from it. If you need the action, then you should definitely step away from it. It needs to bring you value. And if a line doesn't bring you value, you can be patient and wait for it. Uh, You can predict where lines are going to move with the general public. I do work with some of the bigger betting crews across the country. So I actually know where lines are going to move in, in all the major sports before they move. And that helps me a lot. So if I like a game that I know is going to move a point or two, or three or four. If I like the team they're betting on, I got to get it out early. If I like the team they're betting against, the, uh, the, the, if I like the, the other side of where they're betting, excuse me, then I'm going to wait and be patient, bet it before, before tip off, kick off for the first pitch. And it's very important that you know when to be aggressive, but know when to be patient. And if something doesn't bring you value, step away for goodness sake. 
No, that's good advice. That's that's really good advice because it's just so easy and tempting to see something be, I don't know, poor value, or you just need to, you know, you need to get a bet in just for the sake of it, or you haven't picked a bet in three days and whatnot. So that that makes a lot of sense. Now, do you bet? Do you ever bet futures or parlays or other kind of bets that are, um, you know, not your traditional pre, you know. Uh, you know, I'm not bets. a big parlay card guy because I'm a less is more. On occasion, I might make a two a two team or a three teamer if I if I like dogs on the money line. I might put them together have some formative. But that means I also bet them individually, Mark. Um, as far as futures go, what we just talked about about value. Normally, your top five to ten team. Uh, listen. Normally, you're not going to get a team that isn't in your top 10 in college football that's going to win the national championship. doesn't offer you a lot of value tying your money up for five or six or seven months. Same thing with the NFL. Listen, I mean, uh, Kansas City, Green Bay, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, they're all favorites. They're not going to give – I doubt you're going to see a team that's 15 or 20 to 1 win the Super Bowl. But you can make a little bit of money. I mean, uh, we prior to the season starting, uh, they asked me do some shows and tell talk, give out some futures, and I thought there was some value in a few futures. I put a couple of bucks on the Washington Football Team to win the NFC East. I'm not sold on Dallas. I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan. I don't think he's a great leader. I think their d- defense has more holes than the Titanic. Their special teams, heck, that belongs in special ed. Horrible all around. I don't like their coach. I think their coach had his time. All right, that leaves the Giants and Philly. Philly, hey, they came up with a good game last week. Great. But if you could put that, you could put the Eagles and the Giants together, you still wouldn't be able to field, field a, a, a double-digit winning team. That leaves Washington, great defense, great coach, good running game. I think they have what it takes. I also put a couple bucks on the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC West. Um, you know, right now, odds makers have both the Rams and the uh, uh, the Rams and the 49, excuse me, about even to depending on where you go uh, to win that division. I am not. So listen, I'm Italian. I want to root for Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to root for anybody Italian. But he reminds me of Samuel L. Jackson's character in Unbreakable. The guy go listen, he goes to his refrigerator at night for an Oreo and a glass of milk. He breaks an ankle. I want to root for him. But if he goes down, their offense sputters. So now, as far as the Rams, guys, they don't have the depth. And they are one or two injuries away. And this is a long season. Injuries happen. From that team, begging groceries come January. That leaves Seattle to me. And I like Seattle. This is a good team, good nucleus, smart coach. And they got some real seasoned veterans. I don't know. You know, I really went and looked at their depth chart. I looked at their roster, I should say. They've got more veterans on that team than I think just about any other squad in the NFL. And I think they know that the Nucleus, if they don't win something significant this year, they're going to start breaking up. And I don't think they want that. I think they're a good team. As far as betting futures, Mark, it it really has to offer me value. If I don't get better than three or four to one, to be honest with you, it's not going to offer me value. I can bet more on a game or two over the next month and make more and have better odds than locking my money up for six months. But, you know, it was it was back in the day that somebody from your neck of the woods, maybe Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, would come out, bet 100 on the Packers to win the Super Bowl. Or an Ohio State alumni, bet 100 on the Buckeyes to win the national championship. They went back home. They had action all year. That's great. But if you're looking to make serious money, I really don't see too many teams 
that are better than eight, seven or eight to one that are going to win the Super Bowl, going to win the national championship. I mean, you can find some fun on over under season win totals. There's some value in that. But once again, you're looking at maybe one and a half, two to one on some of these bets. It, for me, I'd rather bet more on an individual game. And yeah. I'm not taking away anything from anybody that likes to bet futures, likes to bet odds to win the division, odds to win uh, the national championship, the Super Bowl. If you enjoy it and you make money with it, more power to you. I'm just saying for me, I can make more money on a bet or two right now. I can tonight than I can locking my money up for the next six months. Yeah, that's the issue, right? It's a lack of liquidity when you when you do that. I mean, you just got to sit and lock your money up for that period of time. Um, you know, I think the trend is moving away from futures betting to, I mean, if anything, more even micro and in-game betting. Um, not necessarily, you know, uh, those that are more astute like yourself, um, but those especially that are casual fans and want kind of more in-game action or they happen to be at the game and they're like, okay, you know, this game's a bore, this game's a drag, let me put something on, I don't know, the next quarter or the next play even, you know, just to spice things up a little bit or they're sitting there with their buddies and they just want to bet on that versus, oh yeah, I'll just tie my money up for four, five, six months. It just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't. And to be honest with you, if you really need to make a bet to spice things up, I advise going to Pornhub or one of the other adult channels. <laughs> well, no, I'm more referring to those that are. No, um, not you. I mean, out there, I know people, they need the action, need the action, need the action. Yeah. If you're, if you're betting fives and ten, five and 10 bucks, I mean, still, it still should be profitable at the end of the day. If you need the action, I get putting 50 or a hundred on a game, going down to the bar, watching it with your, with your buddies or, or a lady going down watching with her girlfriends or, or a couple or going to the game. I get it. But if you really need the action, man, step away. It's not about action. It's about making money. It's about having fun. And it's been my experience, Mark, that when I'm making money, it's always more fun. So are you running into any issues from a, a liquidity standpoint? Like you said that some, places treat you well in Vegas, some places don't, you know, what are your thoughts on casinos drastically reducing liquidity or even banning players, um, you know, nowadays, where it seems to be pretty prevalent, you know, you don't, you don't have to win that much sometimes nowadays and they'll do that. What are your thoughts on, on, on books reducing liquidity? Or I can tell you this, everybody treats me well in Vegas. I've been here 31 years and I'm very lucky. I've made a lot of friends and uh, everybody treats me well. Uh, the, the fact that some, some, Sports books see me coming and they might raise a number. I don't take, take that personal. I take that as, you know, they, they're afraid of me. So that's fine. But there are some great places out there. Like, uh, I like the circuit now. It's fun, but I really love the Westgate. I'm always going to love the Westgate because I could go down there and they're fine with me. I love Jimmy Vaccaro over at the South Point, man. Jimmy is the only old, old school sports book director in town. You know, you, if I walk in, even when they take my bets, they got to run over to the darn computer and check it. And go, okay. And, and Jimmy just take, I can walk in there with a suitcase and he'll take it. Do you know why? Because if I win my bet, he knows that he's going to make it back tomorrow from the general public. If I lose my bet, he knows I'll be back tomorrow to, to try to win it. He gets it. So listen, if I, if I have to explain to you why you shouldn't wear a suit that has plaid pants and polka dot shirt, it's already too late. Some people get it. Some people don't. Jimmy gets it. The people at the Westgate get it. But as far as what happens, listen, I will tell you this, and I'm an advocate for Vegas. Vegas has changed over the years. Okay. I do remember guys like Gene Mayday at Little Caesars, which is a little place where the Paris sits now. It was in a strip mall, dirty little dive joint. I remember guys walking in with suitcases 
and betting him on games. And Jim and, and Gene Maiden would take any bet. And I love that about him. And, uh, you know, it is not the same anymore. It's more business. It's more corporate. But Vegas still takes care of people. You just got to do the right thing. I know that there's some people in my business that like, like to go and take their 15 minutes of fame on social media. And they like to curse and MF people in this business. I don't curse anybody, but I can tell you that there are people that do that. And maybe they're not treated so well because they like to curse at certain sports books. Maybe that sports book didn't kiss their butt or give them a full comp when they walked in. Uh, and then they say, oh, this place, this place. I've never been treated poorly by a Las Vegas casino in my life, maybe because I am Joe D'Amico, but I also walk in like a customer appreciative of being in a Las Vegas casino. I don't walk in like I own the joint. I mean, I get away with a lot. I have fun in these casinos. Don't get me wrong. They, they offer me a lot, but I also walk in with the respect for the establishment, just like I would walk into your house for dinner and I would bring wine, dessert and bread and say, please. And thank you. It's the same thing. You walk into my house, I expect a little bit of respect. Yeah, no, I mean, so it's so true. I mean, you know, I like to go to gam uh, Vegas and gamble a few times a year. And, you know, my casino host treats me really well and gives me great comps. But I tip really well. I treat everybody really well. Um, you know, I'm super respectful of, you know, win or lose. And I've, you know, done pretty well the last few years. Just happens to be, um, you know, had some luck. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you treat them well and you tip and all that good stuff that goes along with it, they're going to be glad to have you back. They don't care if you win in that regard. Um, so I think that's really, really a great point that you make where everyone's like, oh, the casinos just can't let you win under any circumstances. That's bullshit. Like, you know, they understand that they'll make it up from the next person that walks in. Uh, and as long as you treat them well, they're happy to have your business. Absolutely. And I love, listen, I, I do a lot of shows and people, they, every once in a while, someone goes, what about those people that come to Vegas? They lose their house. Well, first of all, that guy was going to lose his house in Cincinnati. He didn't know he needed to come to Vegas to lose his house. He would have gambled it away or lost it somehow in Cincinnati. Let me tell you about the average person who comes to Vegas. I'm not talking about COVID years in the last year and a half, two years that we've had to deal with these health restrictions. I want to tell you about Vegas. Average person comes here. First of all, we get about 47 to 50 million people a year come here. Let me tell you what they get. They get the best weather you could ever possibly imagine. They get to stay in four-star hotels. They get, I'm too old for them, the best day in nightclubs, I'm told, in the world. All right, we have, when I first moved here, there was about eight good restaurants in all of Southern Nevada. Now there's 800. No, really, it was like eight places you could go eat 31 years ago when I moved here. Now every casino and every block on the west side, the east side, Henderson, north, South has great restaurants. We also have amazing shopping. We have some of the best stores in the world. We also have some of the best bargain stores in the world. We have outlet malls that are amazing. And I'm not above buying an outlet mall. I go down to Nike, I'll spend $2,000 and I'll wind up with there with 40 pairs of shoes. I don't have to buy shoes for two years. I'm happy. I'm crazy with sneakers. So if I get a scuff on them, I throw them out. But you also are in, in the Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. Listen, in the last two months, my wife and I saw Garth Brooks, Usher, all friends of ours, Joey McIntyre, Debbie Gibson. We went to WWE. We caught a couple of football games, BYU, Arizona, the Ravens and the Raiders. I know I'm missing a few shows, honey. Uh, this Tomorrow night, we're going to see a little club. We're going to see Sin City Kiss, best tribute band in the world. We're going to see Sticks. We have Katy Perry, Carrie Underwood. We have George Strait again. Uh, I know I'm missing a bunch. Alanis Morissette. Everybody comes to town. We see. Mark, I got to tell you this funny story. I know that. I'm long-winded, but I'm enjoying myself. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. I want to tell you something. This one, maybe nine-day period, about a decade ago, 
My son's grown. He's 24. He'll be 25. He's a United States Marine. I'm very proud of him. Thank you for all of you that serve this country. It's because of you that I get to walk and speak freely. God bless you. I owe you a debt I can't repay. But I want to tell you, I took my son and my wife in like 10-day period. We saw Tony Bennett. We saw Lady Gaga. We saw Lionel Richie. We saw J-Lo. We saw... Uh, new edition, we saw the Sex Pistols, and we saw Motley Crue. It was a nine or ten day period. Where in the world can you see the Sex Pistols and Tony Bennett in the same week? Nowhere but <laughs> Vegas. So the people that come here, they get four-star restaurants, they get four-star hotels, great weather, day and night clubs, entertainment, shopping. You get the people watch. It's great. And listen, what's what happens here does stay here. Nobody knows back in, back in Des Moines what you did. Uh, and I will tell you this. And if the average per- and the average person that comes here and gambles and loses, they lose about four hundred dollars. Yeah. For four hundred dollars, man, that is a gift. For four hundred, I spend more than that, more than that, just going to the grocery store once a week for my for the three people that live in my house. I'll tell you, Mark, four hundred dollars. That is a gift. That's a gift that's given to you early before Christmas coming to Vegas. And Vegas is the greatest city in the world. There is no city on this planet that could offer you the gambling like Vegas does. I know there's some people who are going to talk about Dubai and here and there and this place and that place. Guys, they are 30 to 40 to 50 years away from ever being Vegas. Plus, they don't have our weather. And, you know, they don't have a lot of Plus, they're centrally located. You want to see Hoover Dam. You want to see the Grand Canyon. You want to go skiing. You want to go, hey, to California. You want to take a, a jot down to Mexico. These are only hour and a half plane rides. These are wonderful. And I'll tell you what, man, I love living here. This is my home. And I'm proud to call it just that. That's awesome. And I think everybody listening to this would wholeheartedly agree at how amazing Vegas is. It's given me a lot of, you know, amazing times. I've seen lots and lots of performers and, and very up close, which, you know, just couldn't do uh, without, uh, you know, the way it's set up and structured there. And, you know, with Zen Sports just getting our sports betting license there. Um, I'm, I'm really proud that that's going to be the first state that we're going into. Uh, so super excited for all the reasons that you gave and, and more. Um, about, uh, you know, uh, obviously Zen Sports going in there, but also just going there in general as a, as a fan of the city and uh, having fun on a weekend. And it's, it's amazing. So uh, I got to ask, so I saw that you, I didn't see it, but I heard that you were in a documentary with Pete Rose called Now Place Your Bets. What was that like? I mean, did you actually get to meet Pete Rose? Did you do it with him? And what was doing that documentary like? And what was it about? Dennis Tobler, who was the, the brainchild behind Now Place Your Bets, he's been in the gambling business. Jeez, he was in it for years before I even got in it. Uh, he's been a friend to me for many years. Um, handicapper, horse handicapper, sports handicapper, great guy. He's a great guy. He put together this idea when sports betting was starting to get, get some momentum that he wanted to talk about sports and sports betting. So he got people, this was a, just genius of him, from all different aspects of sports betting, he got everyone from people with offshores, from people to here in Vegas that run sports books, the company owners from some major uh, brands that own sports books here in Vegas to offshores, to guys like Pete Rose, who obviously got in some trouble for sports betting. And Pete has been a friend of mine for almost 30 years. I love Pete. Belongs in the hall. Um, yes, so, he does. Yes, yes he does. He does. He, I'm, I'm actually looking to the left. I got a picture of me and Pete right here, and I got his mitt. He gave me one of his mitts. He signed it. I got balls and bats, but the mitt. But I will tell you this: um, we had other people in in this documentary. We even had a couple that comes out here regularly just to bet on sports. Uh, they were a nice couple from the Midwest, um, and they covered every angle. There was another handicapper in it. Uh, 
who's not very, you know, he's not around too much anymore. And me, and, you know, because I'm very successful at doing this. But it was a real nice, it was every aspect of sports betting. Um, and, and it was a real honor to be in it because it's won, I don't it's won like six or seven awards around the world since it's come out now. And where is it on? Is it on Netflix or some other? You know what? I believe, I'll get you that information right after the show. I will get it. I got to hit up Dennis. I, I've got copies, so I've never had to go find it. But at least I think it's on Roku. It's on Roku for sure. So I can tell you that uh, it covered all aspects of sports betting and sports betting in Vegas. I mean, had people from offshores too, but it was really interesting, you know, because he was ahead of his time. It was a few years ago, maybe five years ago we did this. And when the big wave of, of legalized sports betting was talk, 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 not many people had it. We were really the only ones at that point. And then, couple other people started putting it on racetracks and then other cities, excuse me, other states. And now they expect to have at least 30 to 35 states in the next five years that have legalized sports betting. Well, it's up to 28 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's still, <laughs> like I said, 30 to 35, just in the next few years. And I think it's going to be 47 to 48. Absolutely. There are two or three that are. No, you tell them. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's one, there's one or two others that, that are giving it a hard time, but please understand this. Well, only a few years ago, they thought it was a, a few hundred million dollar a year industry okay. and, and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, it is a billion, hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds industry. of billions. Yes. I mean, certain states open up and all of a sudden they're doing 17 <laughs> billion in a month. No. And you go, wait a minute. We don't need a lottery now. This is and, and the state's making money off it. And that's fine with me. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with the government getting their piece to state and the government. That's fine. You know, I've been paying taxes for years on my bets. I'm not happy about it, but it goes with the territory. I love this country. And you know what? You got to do it. But, you know, it's, it's fine. And, and I do feel that just about every state, there are a few that are a little adamant about not getting it. But you know what? That's fine, too. And they got the right to do what they want for the people in that state. But I think legalizing sports betting, you're still going to have neighborhood bookmakers in New York, Chicago, Kansas City. You're going to have neighborhood bookmakers down in Miami. It's going to happen. Um, you know, people need to bet on credit. People, you know, people. some people are not as trustworthy as to trust offshore gaming facilities. Some people, uh, you know, they can't get to Vegas as often as they want. And, and you know, I, I and, and if you bet to enjoy yourself, to, to supplement your income, and don't get me wrong, sports fans, if, if you are, if you have a million dollars, I can make you millions. If you have thousands, I can make you thousands. I can't make somebody who has thousands, millions. I can supplement your income. That's what I can do. So people like me can supplement your income, or you can even supplement your income on, if you put in the time yourself, but you got to really put in the time. But if it's enjoyable and profitable, whether you make a dollar or a million guys, and are you enjoying what you're doing, it is entertainment. Remember that. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. That's for sure. So last question, easy one. Who you got in the Super Bowl? You know, <laughs> the Super Bowl is so far away, and we're only past week one. Uh, my personal opinion, I don't see. I think that after Kansas City ran the gauntlet, they lost. I mean, they lost two regular season games last year, but the last week of the season, they lost a game where they pulled all their starters. That, I'm not counting that. Then they, they would be two decent teams in the – in the playoffs, and then they got their, excuse me, I'm sorry, their asses whooped and handed to them. And then they just lose, they got embarrassed. 
I think that they're going to make a point to win and win and win and win this season. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, uh, they are going to be the team to beat. Um, can other people, of course, 17 weeks, uh, excuse me, uh, 17 weeks, uh, playoff Super Bowl, anything can happen at all. A lot of people have been asking me about the Tom Brady and, and Tampa Bay. Good team. It's hard to believe this guy at, at his age. I, know. I mean, listen, man, I, I'm a, I'm only a few years older than this guy, and I get up off the couch and I pull a pull a rotator cuff. So <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but um, he and he still finds a way to win. He, he, you know, and I hate. Listen, I'm a New Yorker. I'm I'm a Las Vegan, but I'm a New Yorker. You probably didn't get that from my accent, but I will tell you that I hate everything in the state of Massachusetts. I don't like, I don't need clam chowder, cream pie. I hate the Kennedys. I hate he doesn't, play, he doesn't play for, he doesn't play for uh, Patriots anymore. No, I, I know, but he did. So he's still, they still got, but he won, he won what, six Super Bowls there. Yeah. I understand that. But it's hard to like anybody that I was ever affiliated with any team from, from Massachusetts because I'm a New Yorker. That's how it is. <laughs> but I will, yeah, I don't even be clam chowder. I'm telling you. Um, I will tell you, uh, I will tell you that, I think he's, I mean, the guy's the winner. He, nobody's ever going to win in the history of this sport. Seven Super Bowls, let, him go, no. let alone get there 12 times. No um, but he's a little older. I think they're not under the radar at all. I think defense is going to gun for him. I don't think people are going to be played dirty, but I think people are going to go out of their way to, to knock him on his ass this year. And he's not a kid. And I think without him, they're not going to win. I, I'm still not in love with their running game. I'm still not in love with their entire defense, guys. They give up a lot of points and the game has changed. I'd like to see him do well because I really do like him. And I met him at several fights out here and several events. We were leaving out of Kentucky Derby one year together. He's a nice guy. He's fun. Uh, I don't see them doing it. I think Kansas City is the team to beat. You know, I'm not a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And he and Ben, Big Ben, I mean, if you really want a prop bet, who gets hurt first, him or Jimmy Garoppolo? They got a very tough schedule, one of the toughest in the league. But they can sneak through there and get to the postseason. I really believe it. Um, you know, your, your Green Bay Packers, especially after that week one beatdown, they've got to come out and prove themselves this week and, and through the season. And with him at the helm, they can. They really can. They, they put some good people around him this year. Uh, the Bills, I'm not sold on. The Bills, I'm not a big fan of their quarterback. I, when he was at Wyoming, guys, they had like the 119th best offense, and they had like the, the 12th best defense. I never really loved him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's good for the city of Buffalo and the people there. But this is a team that went to the Super Bowl four times in a row, and they came back without a trophy. So they're just happy that they're getting some Ws on the board. I think Seattle, I think some of these teams are very, very good. I don't think anybody right now is in the caliber of Kansas City outside of your Green Bay Packers. I think those are the two best teams in the league. Sports fans don't pay any attention to week one. Green Bay will be in the postseason, especially if he stays healthy. They got a winner at their home. Even if he's got the worst haircut and mustache <laughs> in the history, he does look like a 1970s adult film star, guys. Yeah. But but he is a winner, and 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 I'd watch out for him in the next few weeks. They've got they've got a statement to make. And as a correction to what I said earlier today, so I checked while we were talking, uh, Rogers is 33 and 15 against the spread after a loss. Uh-huh. So there you go. Right there. See, no, the guy's a winner. He's a winner. He, he's always been a winner. And, uh, you know, he had some big shoes to fill. He filled them very well. He's a great quarterback. He's a great leader. Uh, and, you know, I, I listen, I can't even make fun of him. I have no hair, but 
anybody with that haircut does bother me, but uh, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he's a winner, and I, and I think they're going to do very well this year. I think they are the team to beat in the NFC by far. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I just think you can't take too much away from one week. Uh, they basically didn't play, play at all in the preseason. Uh, they probably, you know, just thought they could come in and win easily. Now they got woken up, and uh, I would be shocked if they didn't. Uh, well, I'd be really shocked if they didn't win the division. That division's awful. Uh, but I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't make the NFC Championship game again. Uh, they certainly did it with worse teams two worst team two years ago in 2019. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously one can hope, and so. Uh, yeah, excited. Well, Joe, look, you've been amazing uh, as a guest. Got to have you back in a few months. Um, you've been super entertaining. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I knew you're super busy. Um, so thank you again. And you've been an amazing guest. And we are going to chat soon for sure. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. And I really did have a good time. The hour went fast. Everybody out there, good luck. Have a winning day. You got it. Thanks so much, Joe.